Thank you, Brother Jack. Good evening, friends. Happy to be here again tonight in the service of the Lord. Just a little lame tonight myself. Yesterday was quite a big day for me, and it's kind of after having three hard preaching services, and then the service last night after leaving the Indian Reservation, too, made it kind of hard on me a little bit, and I kind of fell awful bad today, so I'm really tired tonight. But just this meeting here, it would be different. There might just one right after the other everywhere, so get a little tired. Oh, it's uh, good to be here tonight in the service of God and to pray for the sick again tonight. We're hoping that in this meeting now that we'll have a great closing of the services uh, for the two, next two nights coming. And we go to California to the, to the Angelus Temple for five nights. Saturday morning we got to be in the Christian Businessmen internationally for the broadcast and the breakfast of um, Clifton, and then we go from there to the Angelus Temple for Sunday to begin, running through Wednesday, and then on Thursday, we begin at, um, I believe we end there on Thursday and begin out at the stock exhibit for the Christian businessman where we was at last year for five nights or more, laid between uh, however it goes, how Everyone knows, I suppose, we're to have a little one born at our house pretty soon, and I don't know just how long I can stay on this next call in there. So then we are hoping that the Lord will meet with us and bless us in these meetings. And I go to down to Macon, Georgia, and I think then up into, you know, from there back over to Colorado, I believe it is, for the Christian Businessmen Internationally, their convention that they're having in Denver. And then perhaps from there to Durban, South Africa, and up into Tanzania, Kenya, on into Indian, perhaps maybe many other countries before we get back again. We appreciate your kindness and your loyalty of being with us here and helping us. Last night, the place still packed out and everything, standing around the walls, made you feel sorry for the people, but through the daytime, I get little notes and things, wish I could read all your letters. Other people talking about how they was healed and so forth, and diseases and so forth, bless them. I'm so happy to hear about that. That's what we're here for, is to try to do the service of the Lord. Could not do it without your help. No matter what it would be, if the Lord Jesus himself is standing right here in a human form, why, he could not do one thing until first he believed he could do it. When he was here the other time, he said there was many mighty works he could not do because of unbelief. And through the gift of God, the little, all the little gifts that the Lord has given me, I appreciate the compliments the brother says and so forth, but it's just a little thing that the Lord has given us. We're thankful. It's not for me. It's for you. I just being the ministrator of it. Many people say, oh, I wish that would be the mission. You just don't know what you're wishing for, my brother. If you had to know what went with it, well, then you would be wishing the other way. I wish that the Lord would just make me a speaker, a real good speaker, so I could win the people to God. That's what I want to be. I go out of the knees happy and strong, 
go out, eat a good supper, and go to bed, get up the next morning, go downtown, shake hands with everybody, come at the meeting, walk up and down the aisle, shake hands with everybody. Oh, how I'd love to do that. That would be one of the heights of my ambition. But it isn't that way. I can't do that. You can't meet people. You can't even say it. Some people misunderstand. They think you're an isolationist. I'm not. I love people, but you can't be a servant of God and a servant of man at the same time. So you have to stay away prayer, watching, right at the place where I'm staying. Visions pour in there and tell people things and what takes place. Sometimes reveals things. I remember here, I believe, the last time I was in this auditorium. I was sitting over here in the hotel. The, the man may be sitting here right now. And the Holy Spirit taking me up. He said, now don't you start a line today till you see four men dressed in a dark suit will be bringing a man on a stretcher hemorrhaging to death, dying. And said, he'll be brought right straight to the platform and there he'll be healed. And I remember I stood here and stalled for nearly 20 minutes. I wouldn't say nothing. And just in a few, some of the ministers know it because I told them, I said, there's got to be someone coming, bleeding, hemorrhaging. His face is real red. And so he... They brought him in back at the back, packed him down over the audience in the stretcher, brought him up here, the Lord healing, he went on. I believe Brother Sherrod told me the other day, I forget what his name is, but he's a concrete man or a finisher or something. I wonder if the man's in the building tonight. And or anybody know him here? Anyone? You know him? Here? What's his name? I can't. Sheldon? Sheldon. Sheldon. Mr. Sheldon. And I know he said in the prayer line, when you come down along the prayer line, There'll be many things, but you'll hear a little boy wearing a sport coat, one eye, steps out like that as soon as he's healed, and get away from the platform. Remember what happened? A little boy with a sport coat on, come down with heel. See, things like that happen, and you, now if you're out talking to people, when that anointing's on you, go talk to them, and here comes the vision to them. Once you come to the platform, you're all right. So you can't minister to them. All right. Now, we try tonight, being Monday, just be kind of the off night. We are trying to speak just a little bit from the Word, just a simple little texture of some sort, the Lord willing, and then go right on, have the service, whatever the Lord leads, whether He calls the people up to the platform, if we have to call a few, or whether He just simply starts into the audience, or whichever way He leads it. And now, I was just thinking, these pictures, how many have that picture? Do you have them in your home? Well, that's fine. I was speaking to a, someone told me last night or sent word out for somebody today that today's been a haze to me that there was a, one of the ladies was weeping or something last night here to see it when he come down on the platform. Well, now, if you have never seen it, here's a greater vindication of being the truth is to look at the picture of it. And it's not my picture, brother, sister. His picture. Is mine. And he's with the church. Not just with me, he's with all of her, every Christian, everywhere. You know, it's Christ. Same pillar of fire that the children of Israel, I believe with all my heart. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he was there, he led them. Look, how many ever read the Old Testament? Let's see your hands. You know. Well, that's fine. Well, anyone knows that the angel of the Lord that went before the 
children of Israel was the angel of the covenant, which was Christ. Do you know that? you believe that? It sure was. All right? He was in a pillar of fire. Is that right? Well, that's what he was that day. That's what he was, what they called yesterday. When the scripture is written, called today, when he was today, now that's the way he went in the form of a pillar of fire. Now we see that in the meeting, night after night, and we see it on the picture. Scientific world knows it. So that means he really was the same yesterday. And then the day when he was here on earth, we'll see what he was. He went around and I saw visions and told the people and healed the blame and crippled. Witnessed himself that he didn't do one thing until the Father showed him first by vision what to do. Is that right? Here he is coming back, the very same thing, for to be forever in the same Lord Jesus. What he did in the days of Moses, what he did in the days of his flesh, your honor, and what he does today. He's the same yesterday, today, and will be forever. The same Lord Jesus. Now, in the book of Second Kings, I read for just a, a portion of scripture here found in the 14th and 15th verses of 2 Kings. And being tired tonight, I'm just going to talk just for a few moments. This is what makes it I've never before made my own altar calls and done any preaching. The managers usually do it. And then I come right in from prayer line. But since Brother Baxter has left, why Brother Jack Moore and I have agreed that he wanted me to try to talk a little bit, said, but my, I'm a very poor preacher, and so when, and he says, oh, it's the people, they don't care where you say his or hand or fetch or carry or tote, just say something, they'll believe it. So I, I appreciate that, makes me feel real good to know that, you know, and as a theologian, I, <laughs> I don't know very much about the book at all, but what I do know, I really know, and one thing, I know the author of it, that's the best part of it, to know him who wrote it. In the 14th verse, we read this, and uh, Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely, if it was not that I respected the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look towards thee nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel, and it came to pass while the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Now shall we bow our heads while we talk to the author of the book. Our beloved Father, tonight we approach thee in the all-sufficient name of Jesus Christ, the beloved Son of God. For this we know that he will hear us, for we are promised by him that whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I'll do. And we know that he would not hear us in our name, or perhaps he wouldn't. He hasn't promised to hear in our name, but he has promised to hear in his name. So we come presenting him, and realizing as long as it's presenting him, it's just the same as if he was standing doing the talking himself. We get what we ask for, for we come with that type of faith. We pray that you will shower your blessings upon the word tonight. And may everyone in divine presence be blessed with a great outpouring of the blessings of God. And may every soul go away from here tonight happy and rejoicing. And if there be strangers in our gates who never has been with us before, when they go home tonight, may they be able to stay like those who came from Emmaus that day. 
Did not our hearts burn within us because of his presence? Do something tonight a little different from what the ordinary meaning is, that the people might know that you have raised from the dead. Make it a sure sign to the people by the Holy Spirit, like you did to those that he made us, that you were raised from the dead that Easter morning, and you're alive forevermore. And we thank thee for this. After 1,900 years, you're not one day older. You went out of time into eternity and will be the same lovely Lord Jesus forever and ever and ever. Now will you bless us tonight in the word, help me, Lord, the entire war. Let the audience, they've come safely all these nights and packed in here. We pray that you'll give them a special blessing tonight. Heal all the sick and afflicted. Make every person to see the Lord Jesus tonight and look and live and be made well. Save the lost and the needy. For we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. I was happy to think of the word saved. Everyone says, oh, I believe you can be saved. Well, saved is you can either be saved physically or spiritually. The same word used in thy faith has saved thee is the same word used, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And, and when you're lost, saved is translated every time for both physical and spiritual, so so, which means you're saved physically or spiritually by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text tonight takes us back to a little thing to our mind, not to mix with unbelievers. The scripture says, don't yoke yourself up among unbelievers. Do not be unequally yoked together. Many places of the scripture teaches us that we should separate ourselves. The first thing that God required Abraham to do when he called him was separate himself from his people, his kindred. And then he had blessed him. It doesn't mean you have to leave home. It means just separate yourself from your worldly associates. You know, today the people are looking at the pastors and so forth. When the church is called their pastor, they want a great big six-footer, wide shoulders, dark wavy hair, attractive. That's what they want. That's right. And they want somebody who will mix and go out and tell a few jokes and make a few wisecracks and so forth. But the Bible wants separators. God calls separators. That's right. The Holy Spirit separates us from the things of the world, from the cares of this world, and our whole affection set on Christ Jesus. Whether we live or die, we serve Him and love Him and go forward doing all that we can to magnify Him to the people. Now, in the day, or just at the midnight, of Israel's history. If you notice, King Solomon, in the day of Solomon, Israel was at its brightest turning. Then the king of Ahab, time of King Ahab, it was in its darkest. Just in the dark time of Israel where Ahab married a little old idol worshiper and brought idolatry into, into Jewish religion, so did the Holy Ghost Church marry into the world and bring idolatry in the dark ages. Very beautiful type on both churches. 
was a borderline believer, just a fellow that believed enough to make him miserable. Did you ever see people like that? Well, they have a conception that they would like to go to church and do right. They feel like it would make them a better social person in their social lives. And maybe for the sake of their children, they think they ought to maybe belong to church. If that is the most miserable person I know of. I tell you, it's the best to cut loose all shorelines and launch out into the deep or don't go at all. Just simply stay home or either go all the way. But Christ, God wants somebody who will really go all the way, give all you got, soul, body, and spirit, to the service of the Lord. Now, this borderline believer, as I called him a few moments ago, all he kind of had a mental conception of his theology that he thought, well, there is a God, but maybe Balaam is God too, and the others and so forth. And his wife kind of got him mixed up in that. You know, boys, I'm telling you tonight, you young ladies, be careful who you marry. You'll have a broke up home the first thing you know. And it's not good to sinners and Christians to marry together. Don't be unequally yoked together, because that's what got Ahab. She was a pretty little thing, yes, paint all over her face and eyes like a lizard, but she was uh, the thing of it was. The, did you know what? That's the truth. That's the Ahab just fell for because she was perhaps pretty, because he couldn't have fell for her character, because she was a murderer, she was everything else. That's right. And he had fell far because she was pretty. And then he got himself infatuated with her. And then she just ruled him with her finger. Do you know the wisest man in the Bible outside of Christ died of heathen idolater because of a bunch of pretty women? Solomon. Pulled him away from God. All right. Don't yoke yourself up unequally. And I've seen many people come to the platform and be healed and walk away and mix up with unbelievers and the sickness come right back to them again. A fellow by the name of Dr. Church, a Methodist, I never met him. He wrote a book and he said, here's the reason I don't believe in William Brand. He said, I met a man here some time ago who had come from one of his meetings that had prostrate trouble. He said he went over there and William Branham told him and prayed for him. And said, Thus saith the Lord, you're healed. And said, I met the man a year later, and I asked him, What about that? He said, Well, Mr. Church, he said, I was healed for about six or eight months. And you know the thing come back home again. So that shows that William Brown is false. And the same man over the camp meeting every year, get that bunch of Nazarenes and pilgrim holders up there that backslid during the year and claim that they were saved at the altar. Right? Brother. Healing is just as long as faith holds out, and so is salvation. You can be saved tonight and lost next week. And you can be healed tonight and crippled again tomorrow or sick again tomorrow. The doctor can go over here and put a patient in the hospital, put him under oxygen tent and give him penicillin for pneumonia, and day after tomorrow pronounce him sound and well. And next Wednesday he can die with pneumonia. Is that right? That wasn't a sign he wasn't healed. Certainly not. The Bible said when the unclean spirit's gone out of a man, he walks in dry places, seeking rest, coming. And first thing you know, he goes to get seven other devils and comes back. Enters in by force. 
If the good man of the house isn't standing there to wore him out, he'll come in and be worse than he was the first place. So when you accept your salvation, puts the barriers of the blood of Jesus Christ before the door. They take step in that. And then when you're healed, accept your healing, puts the blood of Jesus always before you. That it's not your feelings, it's not your theology. The only thing it is is your faith set in Jesus Christ upon the finished work at Calvary. Knowing this, that you yourself have died with your sacrifice, as we taught yesterday. That's the reason the blood of a lamb could not bring the thing to the man that killed the nature of his sin because the animal life out of the blood could not return back to the man. But in the case of Jesus Christ, when he died and the blood around his cell, which he was a virgin-born son of God, and the Holy Spirit was wrapped in that virgin cell, and when it was broke, when we come through that blood uh, and accept him as our sacrifice, the spirit that was in the blood cell, which is the Holy Ghost, comes back to the man and brings him into the kingdom of God. And he's the new creature in Christ Jesus. That's the reason he can believe in healing. He can believe in anything God says because he's a part of God. He becomes a son of God or a daughter of God. Now, Ahab has went off after this lovely young lady had her backslid, tore all the altars of God down and built up her. She had enough temper for about ten women and they had to please her and pat her baby around so he had to kill the prophets and everything else. But God had some that wouldn't bow the knee to Balaam. God's always had himself a remnant. He's had himself, never got any time of what he had one man at least he could put his hands on as a witness. And then, after the evil things that he did, and Elijah told him how the dogs would lick his blood and so forth, now, after he died, then Jerome, his son, reigned in his place, just about as much wicked as borderline as his father was, same nature. He never departed from the sins of the nation. And then Moab had brother as it was over there out of Lot's children. Then he rebelled, and he was the sheep master. In the days that they had to give several thousand sheep in their wool over to him to kind of make a peace offering. Israel were pretty strong in the days of Ahab. But then she weakened down to the reign of Ahab, and when Jerome took its place, then Moab rebelled against Israel. Now, Jerome said, I'll go up and see the king of Edom, see if he'll go with me, and then I'll also go over and get Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat is a split in the Israel in that day, Judah and, and Israel. And Jerome reigned over Israel, and Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. And Jehoshaphat was a righteous man, a good man, God-fearing man. But when Jerome came up to him and began to probably talk about him, mixed his company, perhaps had a dinner or two together or whatever they'd done, then under that spell of showing what great things they had in the nation, he fell a victim to hooking himself up with an unbeliever. How true it is today that sometimes somebody will come around that's a little bit high up in the world, Maybe there's a little more education than your pastor's got telling you the days of miracles have passed and that's just not to believe in it and so forth like that. You think, well, he's a scholar. He's got scholarships from here and there. He ought to know what he's talking about. Be careful. You're on dangerous ground. 
you want to accept Jesus in the fullness, then you stay with him the same way till you die. Right? If you accept him as your healer, regardless of what takes place, stay with it anyhow. Sometimes it's just when the darkest time comes along in your life. God's giving you a little trial to see if you really do believe it. When he really makes the thing known to you perfectly. Now, when Jehoshaphat come down and made an alliance with Jerome, that he would go to battle with him, the believer hooking up with the unbeliever or the lukewarm, just because there's a few more of the Israelites and there was in Judah, there were a little richer people than there was up in Judah. How the riches of this world has blinded the people's eyes. How today that's what's the matter with our nation. While you take in the heathen land, let one thing happen in a meeting of a half a million people that happens night after night here at the platform and every, practically every unbeliever in there will weep his way to Calvary right then. Cripples that get up, blind, will receive their sight. Just simple. But our nation here, not few people, people that come to these kind of meetings are not the audience of the rich. They're usually four common people. But that's the one the Bible said hurt him gladly. But you take the people of old in America. Oh my, they're well fed and heard. They don't have to worry about anything. They got all the money they want and thousands and millions of dollars make it yearly and buying cars, big summer homes and places and everything. They don't have to worry. What religion is that? Just a place to sit around. Somebody say, well, I belong to the church. And they'll find the highest and most classical churches they can go to. And did you know that's the very sign of Satan? I hope we don't get rough about it, but remember, in heaven, what made Lucifer jealous? He goes over to earth and puts him up a bigger king, and he wants a bigger kingdom, more brighter, better, prettier. The devil always works in beauty. Sure, he does. That's reason King offered what he did for his offering. But there was no beauty in Abel bringing his lamb, but Abel had a spiritual revelation from God that that's what God would be pleased with. And as we have said, only through spiritual revelation can you ever know God. You'll never know Him by knowledge. In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. One was a tree of life, the other a tree of knowledge. Man left the tree of life to eat the tree of knowledge. And the first bite he took, he separated his fellowship from God. Every time he takes a bite off of it, he destroys himself. He bit off gunpowder. Look what that did. Bit off automobiles, kills more than all the wars. He's got himself a hydrogen bomb now. I wonder what he's going to do with that. Then he destroys himself. God don't destroy anything. Man through knowledge destroys himself. He goes to the seminary. He learns all about everything. Then he comes back. He knows more than anybody else about it. He comes back and explains all the blood out of the Bible. This part's inspired. That part's not inspired. Just what he wants to believe is inspired. When he does by that, he separates himself and his congregation from the blessings of God. Amen. Here not long ago, don't tell this for a joke. Oh, it's okay for a joke. But for a point, a little woman had a son and she sent him away to, he had a call to be a ministry, in the ministry. So she sent him away to school. 
The old mother, while he was gone taking pneumonia and almost died, sent for the son to stand by because he might call her. The doctor would give her up. A little old lady went to a beacon down there and she heard about it. The Lord led her up there and come to her and said, Say, sister, said, our pastor prays for the sick. Won't you let him come up and pray for her? She said, Well, yes, dear, I'll be glad. So he come up and laid hands on her and prayed for her. Read Mark 16, put his hands up on her and prayed for her. The old woman was well the next morning. So she sent back to her son that she was all right, wouldn't have to come home. So then about a year later, he come home on a visit. He said, Mother, I want to ask you, he said, what happened? He said, you know, you sent for me to stand by, you wanted me to come home, you were dying with pneumonia, and the next morning here come a uh, letter or telegram that I didn't have to come, but you were well. So what kind of medicine did the doctor give you that changed it all at once? She said, well, son, I want to tell you. She said, there's some people down here in the town, down in the low part, down there in the slum, that's got a little mission. And said, a lady come up here and told me her pastor prayed for the sick. said, honey, he come up here and read to me out of the Bible that the people are supposed to lay hands on the people when they were sick. And he'll go to heal me. He said, oh, mother. said, such as that. Why, I said, those people are illiterate. said, they don't know no better. Why, well, I said, he was reading Mark 16. He said, yes. What well, said, we learned in the seminary that uh, Mark 16 from the ninth verse on is not inspired. That those people are illiterate. They just don't know no better. They don't know the word like we learned in the seminary. Little brother said, well, glory to God. She said, mother, what well, said, you're acting like them. So what's the matter with you? said, I was just thinking, if God could heal me with uninspired word, what could he do with that really is inspired? So, so, so that's about the way it is. See, take you out there and put the environment fluid in you and take all of the God that's ever in you out and learn your theology. Well, you can't know God by knowledge. It's impossible. You've got five days. Are you saved in that two grace? Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way you know him. Not for all your shrewd words that takes you away from God. More you know, more you study and try to find out about it, less you know. Quit studying and figuring it out, just let loose and believe. I used to preach over the Baptist church a little sermon, I call it, Let Loose and Let God. That's right. Just let loose and let God. As long as you got yourself into it, you're in the way. You know who the biggest enemy I got is William Brand. He's always in God's way. If I just get him out of the way, then God can go to work. And that's your worst enemy is yourself. Just get yourself out of the way, and then God can go to work. Now, be careful your associates. When you get out there and get among the people, and this one begins to tell you this and this one that, then you'll get yourself all mixed up. You don't know what you do believe. A few weeks ago, or it's been a few months ago, rather, when I come back from Africa, I had amoeba. And they go to put me in a penthouse when I come over. And because they said I had amoeba. You know the story of it. There's a doctor taking me in and said, I want you to drink some asparagus meal, what it was. No, he was out of sorts that morning. I thought, God, what you standing in here for? And he was drinking that barren meal. To catch your breath, I said, yes, sir. And he pushed him like this. And he pushed around like his burner put his hands through me. And he said, he said uh, lay down on the table. He said, they tell me you're a missionary. I said, well, I said, I'm an evangelistic missionary. He said, well, I said, the doctor told me that you was a preacher. And I said, that's right. See, you know, I studied that stuff once. I said, you did? I said, what went wrong? He said, I found out it wasn't right. I said, you did? 
I said, well, I've been 23 years and I've never found that out yet. I said, I just find out it's better than me all the time. Well, he said, here's what it is, Reverend. He said, uh, you know, he said, uh, I, I studied four years at Presbyterian Seminary. And he said, I got over some books. He said, you know, all the Mohammeds, they got virgin first. They got all kind of resurrections. He said, I come to find out the whole thing was nonsense. You can't make it out. I said, Doctor, you're trying to compare the ridiculous with the sublime. I said, there's not no comparison at all. They claim they have, but they have no witness of it. He said, neither have we. I said, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> he said, there cannot be one thing produced to prove that there is a supernatural being. I said, will you accept it and it'll be proved to you? <laughs> and he said, well, how could you prove it? I said, I can prove it scientifically that it's a supernatural being. That's right. And he said, I don't believe. He said, I studied said, I, all these different things. And I thought, Lord, give me wisdom because I'm speaking to a smart man and need a hillbilly. So I know that I had to have God's help. So he said, well, he said, I just don't believe there's such a thing. I said, well, I want to ask you something, doctor. And I, I began to talk to him. I said, the thing of this, you try to figure everything out. I said, I appreciate science. I said, you look right through my stomach a while ago with the light that's in my body. The little board of the thing you put up there, and my light meters just showed through there, and you went all through my stomach to tell me that I didn't have any uh, symptoms of these things or any um, parasites anymore. I said, well, I appreciate that, and that's good. But I said, here's what it is. Science doesn't know God. I said, you climb up this tree so far, and a tree of knowledge you only go so far, and then that's all the higher you can get. I said, climb up on the tree of knowledge just as far as you can, then step off on the tree of faith and go on believing on up like that. He said, well, I wish I could do that. I said, you can if you'll believe. And he said, well, I said, did you ever read of the Lord Jesus in the Bible? How did the things that he did and so forth? He said, oh, yeah. And about that time, the Lord gave me a vision of something that he did. I said, what about me? He said, how'd you know that? There you are. Isn't it strange that people, the very thing that will bring joy and perfect satisfaction to the unbeliever's heart, they want to practice something else? By faith. That's what we believe it. And faith is that you're not saved with faith. By faith you're saved. The faith purchases the thing that you ask for. Because it echoes in your heart or sets in your heart and you know you believe it and you know you've got it before you even get it. See? Faith is the substance. And the people just, what it is, of, of people trying to believe to be saved. That's intellectual faith. The world will produce intellectual faith. But God has to produce the result. Now, if your faith's in your mind, that's not too good. Put your faith down here. Let your mind it'll reason it all out. Say, well, now, let's see. It said this. The doctor said this. The mother said this. And dad said this. The pastor said this. That's what intellectual faith. Oh, I read the Bible. Yes, sir. I think it's right. But you know what? See, you're trying to reason. That's intellectual faith. But when your faith comes from out of the intellectual realm and the Holy Spirit puts it in the soul and the heart, you won't even think about these things. You won't try to see nothing. Only thing you know that it's going to happen regardless of who says it's not. That's it. It's in the heart. God puts it in there. There it is. When God puts it in there, all the devil's out of torment will ever move it. If you were laying dying, grass 
He's going to be gone in the next five minutes. He's leaving now. And down in your heart you believe Jesus Christ that healed you? That was following you a bit. Just as sure as there's a God in heaven, you're tired of it. Yes, sir. Because God's duty bound. He's got to keep his word. And you'll never know what is Christ or what is the word until first the Holy Spirit has personally revealed it to you in your heart. Then you know that Jesus is Lord. When your heart says so. Not when your knowledge says so. When your heart says so. That's when you know it. Now, Ahab didn't have these qualities. Neither did Jerome. They were just intellectual believers. Oh, yes, I read back where Moses led the children of Israel. Oh, I, I believe that. That's my ancient people. That's the way it is. Look at, compare that with the day. Oh, we believe that God is a great uh, God. Yes, we read back where he was with the people back, oh, 2,000 years ago. That's intellectual. That's something that God did. That's like a man freezing to death and painting a big fire on the wall and say, Look what a beautiful fire that was. See this picture here? Well, we had a great fire that time. Look how everybody was getting warm. Everybody was getting warm then, but what about you? You can't get warm by painted fire. you got to have the fire itself. You've got to have the same thing that they had. And what the church needs today is a good old-fashioned 8833 Pentecostal water law of the Holy Ghost and fire. Bring back faith to the church again. A faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now, Ahab in his lukewarm condition died in that estate. And now here comes Jerome around just like him. But the bad part is Jehoshaphat, a righteous man on fire for God. Here he comes and joins up with this lukewarm man. There's where the trouble comes. A lukewarm believer is worse than an infidel. That's right. God hurry in a day when every man will either be a Christian or a sinner and say the same. Notice, but Jehoshaphat, the righteous man, come down under the spell of emotional, going out to the wall, the drums have beaten Israel, and all these things. Sure, we'll go over, meeting on common ground. And I want you to notice, all in the big rush, they left off with enough food to last them seven days, the compass for seven days. And the thing of it was, they went off without even having a prayer meeting or consulting God. That's a bad way to go to battle, isn't it? It's a bad way for you to come to church at night, expect to get healed without having a good long season of prayer before you leave home. So, Lord, uh, I want you tonight to do something for me. When I get down there tonight, may the Holy Spirit just sink every word in my heart and faithful the anchor there and I can raise right up in the meeting and get my healing and walk away perfectly whole. Then you'll go get healed. But if you need a great big supper, fuss around the house a while, already all the way down, well then, when you come down here, you'll probably go back the same way you come in. That's right. That may be a little bit hard. It's just like I was a little boy we used to I have a pretty hard time of living. Of course, it isn't too easy now, but, but it was awful then. We lived in a little cabin, and Mama used to brawl our meat skins for the, for, to make, uh, the grease to make bread out of it. I don't know where you're ready to do that or not. Put them in a pan, you know, the meat rinds. You get them at the store, a whole big package of them for a quarter. And they put them in there and render it out. And she'd pour that in the cornmeal, and we had corn pones and, and, and black-eyed peas. I don't know whether you all know what they are or not. 
black-eyed peas and this corn pouring up the real good southern dish, and start the molasses and hominy grits for breakfast. So then, and every Saturday night, when she had an old-fashioned way, they had a big old cedar tub, and she'd kittle on the stove or hang it over the fireplace and just pour this water in, and all of us little Branhams had to come up and get a bath, all in the same water, same tub. And so it went right on through. And me being the oldest, I was the last. Of course, it, it bathed the little ones first. Four or more water, just warm it up. <laughs> Why, I imagine a lot of you done the same thing. That's right. We're, we're just because we can wear a little better clothes, a better automobile. We're still just 84 cents worth of chemicals. That's all. You have to weigh 150 pounds to be that. <laughs> Do you know a man's only worth 84 cents in chemicals? Just enough uh, chemicals about him, a little bit of calcium, and, and just enough whitewash to sprinkle in his nest, and, you know, just a, just a few chemicals. And then you walk around like you're worth a hundred million dollars. And what are you anyhow? That's what any of us is. After a while, we're going to lay out there in the graveyard and rot away. But that soul brother that's in there tonight in the front of God is worth ten million worlds. Right. You'll take care of the 84 cents, but you just let anything come in that soul. Let's be sensible, brother. Let's really serve the law. And Mother, I remember she used to, every Saturday night, we didn't have enough vitamins and things to see, so we'd have to take casts off. I took so much of that stuff that I can't already stand it. Look at the bottle today. I used to hold my toes and I'd say, Oh, Mom, please don't do it. It makes me so sick. She said, Now look here, son. If it doesn't make you right good and sick, it doesn't do you any good. So maybe that's what it is with preaching the gospel. If we don't get right rough with it once in a while, it don't do you any good. Get you stirred up. Hey, man, you hear? That's what we need. Rough it up. You just get in one old run all the time. Let's break out into the deep. Lay down. Don't be sure around. Everybody's tied up with a certain thing. They're all right. But you tie yourself around something. This is what we Methodists believe. This is what we Baptists believe. This is what we Pentecost believe. But here's what the Bible says. Amen. That's why I believe what he said. I still could belong to the Methodists or Baptists or whatever it was, but I want to believe what the Bible says. Because the Holy Spirit in you make you believe it. If it ever comes in, it believes in itself. For you yourself are reckoned dead. Amen. Your life is hid to God in Christ. Sealed by the Holy Ghost. Then you said the devil got me. He couldn't get you. You got him. It's just vice versa. Now, Ahab goes over there now. I mean, Jerome goes over and makes his alliance and out they go for seven days journey out in the wilderness. They hadn't halfway got there yet. So the first thing you know, they was out of water. Their water supply was cut off. Because of lack of prayer. Don't you think that's a whole lot around Phoenix and everywhere else today across the nation? The Holy Spirit type, the water is the type of the Holy Spirit, the smitten rock. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish as the waters went to a perishing people to keep them from dying out of the smitten rock. So does the Holy Spirit go to a perishing people. You believe it? You know, I've seen a picture here not long ago in a big museum of that rock giving it water. 
If it was, it's as bad as what I told you tonight about Adam and Eve. Why, there's a little bitty old trick for it. Now, a little bitty thing about the size of my finger. If I'd be right thirsty, I could drink that thing dry myself. But look, they watered two million people besides camels and cattle and things. Brother, it come forth in a gusher. The Holy Ghost just don't sprinkle a little bit. Sure. 
Jesus. You believe it? Still, Elijah, he said, now, uh, what he knew is going to be taken up, translated. He told Elijah, said, now, you wait here, or I'm going to another place. And Elijah said, as the Lord liveth in your soul, never dies, I'll not leave you. You're stick with him. So he tried him out. Sometimes God gives you trials. Do you ever know that? Give you some child training. Oh, get you all fixed up sometimes like that. This is what you knew about. See? So he said, if the Lord liveth and your soul ever dies, I'll not leave you. He went up to the school of the prophets. He got up there where all these preachers were. And then he said, you stay here now. I'm going to charge. He said, as the Lord liveth and your soul ever dies, I'm not going to leave you. So he gets down to Jordan. They cross the Jordan together on dry land. Elijah turned around and said, Elijah, what do you want? <laughs> so I want a double portion of that spirit. That's a good thing. He said, now you ask a very hard thing. But nevertheless, if you see me when you go, when I go, you'll receive it. Now could you imagine Elijah to ever get his eyes off of him? He kept his eyes right on him. No man if he passed anybody and say, hey, we got a better organization than yours. He didn't pay attention. He kept his eyes on Jesus. Just kept moving right straight on. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, you're going to be a fanatic if you follow that old line of doctrine you're in, but uh, just kept his eyes on Jesus. Just kept moving right on. And why are you going to devil function? And so, look, when Jesus is taken up as a type, the same thing takes place. Now, Elijah, when he went, Elijah went away, he threw back his garment, and Elijah picked it up and put it on himself, and he had a double portion of the Spirit that was upon Elijah. Elijah. Now, when Jesus is getting ready to go, a woman said, Let my son sit on one right hand and on the left of the kingdom. He said, Can you drink the cup that I drink? said, Yes. said, Can you be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? She said, Yes. He said, you can, but the right left hand's not for me to give. So he said, these things that I do, little while the world give me no more, yet you'll see me, for I'll be with you, even in you to the end of the world. The things that I do shall you also, and greater double portion than this shall you do for a cause I go to the Father. Is that right? Correctly. Now, and when Elijah come back with this garment, they knew he had a double portion, so they went out to consult this prophet. Now, you know, this is going to hurt a little bit of you people, this Armenian doctrine, and I'm not too strict or Calvinist myself, but, you know, it come down at the uh, place, and you know what? That preacher, of course, he wouldn't get angry, but he, he got his righteous indignation stirred up. <laughs> he seen that hypocrite out there and that righteous man with him, and later that, he kind of blew up. He said, if it wasn't that I respected the presence of Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. My he got out of humor. Well, there's only one thing to do when a man gets in that condition. The same thing Elijah did. Then I'll go get a minstrel and start playing it. <laughs> and when they went to play the music, they got in the spirit. Shame on you people who don't believe in music. <laughs> That's what brings the spirit of the Lord sometimes. God doesn't change. If he likes it, then he likes it now. Well, you say, I'd like to live. If you can't be Elijah, be one of the instruments. So they, be one of the minstrels, strange things. Make something, do something for the Lord. Part of it all together brought the Spirit of God. Is that right? The presence of the prophet and the playing of the minstrel. And they began to play some good old hymn upon these string music and beat the tambourine. And they all got into the Spirit. And you know, 
shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we love you because thou hast first loved us and give us of thy blessings. We love thee because of thy promise that whosoever will may come and drink from the waters of life freely. The waters of life, eternal life. We hear our master say, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. Done took the waters of life freely because he believed. And shall never come into condemnation, but has passed from death to life. Oh, how we love that, Father. And we love to quote it over. When Satan gets arranging around, we quote this scripture to him. Jesus said so. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. We thank thee for all these things. Bless the ones that you're tonight, maybe Father doesn't know yet. Not knowing. Maybe before they get home, the old car may wreck up against the side of the street. Some drunk come to it. Maybe the heart will stop to beat in the night. Doctor runs the door and run in. Put his stereoscopes to the heart. Say, well, sorry to tell you, but it's over. He's going. Feel the chilly. Death comes slipping up the sleeve. Then they'll wonder, oh, when I was sitting in church, when the Holy Spirit was knocking my heart, why did I say yes? Because I have a promise that I'd only believe it that I would have everlasting life. God, that's got to come to every one of us someday, some way. We've got to meet you. Death lays at the door. We don't know when it'll come. But be prepared, Father, is. May everyone in here be prepared for it. While we have our heads bowed, the organist will play a bye with me. I wonder, I know, friends, this is usually your, you hear of evangelist preach and make some sort of a call or tell something about mother that's gone on to heaven. I don't want you to come because mother's there. I want you to come because the Holy Spirit's telling you to come. Come upon the basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. A consecrated way that he's consecrated through the veil that is to say his flesh. And you believe it. There's only one thing you have to do to receive it. And just say in the depths of your heart, Lord, I now accept it. I see these people that's so happy. They go along. I wish I could be like that, you say. You can what do I have to do, Brother Branham? Just lift your heart to God and say, Lord, I now accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Meet it from your heart. You won't have to move from your seat. God's right there to do it. If he's at your heart, talk to your heart. He's closer than anything else. He's right in the door of your heart. While we have our heads bowed, I wonder if there's one in here tonight that's an alien, not right with God, but raise your hand to God now, not to me. Just so God can see your hand, say, Lord, I accept it. God bless you, sister. God bless you, you, you. God bless you, sister, you. God bless you, lady, you, you, sir. Back over to the right. Anybody back over there say, God bless you, you, you. God bless you. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I tell you, friends, this wonderful old passion, conviction. Over to my left here, someone raise your hand and say, God bless you, lady, I see you. God bless you. God bless you, Indian boys. And back there, yes, I see you. God bless you, yes. Way back, yes. Up to the left of the balcony, someone up in there. God bless you, little lady. God bless you, honey. Little boy there. 
someone else. God bless you, honey. I see you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. I see you. Yes, sir. God sees you, too. Tap me to the right. Raise your hand and say, God, remember me. God bless you, brother. Of all raising your hand, God bless you. God bless you and you. Of all doing that, I say it from the depths of my heart. If you believe me, God bless you, my brother back there, the Spanish brother. If you believe me, God bless you, the lady sitting here in a wheelchair, accepting Christ as personal Savior. Here's the word of God. Brother Graham, what do I have to do? Just accept it. Believe it. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my Father draw me. That's God telling you, raise your hand. And all that will come, I will in no wise cast out. I'll give him everlasting life. Now here's his own word. He that believeth on me. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall never come into condemnation, but already passed from death to life. Because what? He believes on the only begotten Son of God. Now, if you're just, if there's something knocking at your heart, that's God. That's Him saying, raise your hand. He's talking to you. That's me here. Now, when you raise your hand, it ain't so much whether I see or not. That doesn't make any difference. God sees it. And you remember this. I've got to stand by every one of you in the judgment seat of Christ. I have to meet you there. And I'll be responsible for it. If you believe with all your heart right now that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died uh, in your place to redeem you back to God and accept it fully from your heart and raise your hand to God that you did the same, by the authority of Almighty God's Word and the Holy Ghost that you should the platform now, you have everlasting life the minute to do it. God bless you, ladies. God bless you way back there. God bless you, sir. That's wonderful. Just everywhere, new ones raising their hand. You, young lady. You, young lady, another. Yes, God bless you and you. Yeah, lovely little lady. That's right, sister. Just the attorney parts of life there. Just a little lady. God bless you. That's the way. Take the right road. God gives you everlasting life the minute you raise your hand and accept it. He promised he would. He can't lie. He's God. Everlasting life. God be with you now. Is everyone sure now? Is the Holy Spirit still moving? Is there one that hasn't raised your hands? Raise your hand and say, just now, I accept it. God bless you, laddie. God bless you, sir. God bless you, little boy. Yes, that's the God bless you, lady. That's wonderful. God bless you, lady. Mother, yes. That's new ones all everywhere. Holy Spirit still healing. Now, you just remember as you're, everybody praying, sometime between now and the day that you leave this earth, if you're conscious of the hour you're leaving, you'll remember in this meeting, you put up your hand. God promised you to do it, and He will. Some 50 or 60 people or better has put up their hands, maybe 100 tonight, wanting salvation to the soul. All right. Now, let's pray for these people who've had their hands up. Father, Oregon and Indiana still claim abide with me. Let's take our minds back now. At your
Jesus will come. From that land beyond this veil of sorrow we live, when these moral wheels is turning in us now stops, our soul takes its flight, we'll come again in the resurrection, and you'll see the lovely one. And right tonight, some near a hundred people, right here in the audience now, that would not have went, will go now. Father, we're grateful for this. We thank thee, for it was your spirit. Man in his own spirit cannot accept you, because he's an alien. His nature is altogether different. They heard the word, and they believed. And now, Father, I pray that you'll give each one everlasting life and fill them now up with the Holy Spirit. And when this service is over, may everyone gather here in the room, kneel down before their maker, give thanks to him for saving their soul. And may everyone that enters the room there be filled with the Holy Spirit. Granted, Lord. And now will you come on the scene and heal the sick to these new converts, perhaps their first time ever being in the meeting. Let them know that you've raised from the dead, Lord, that the same Spirit that spoke to them tonight to raise your hand accept you is the same Spirit that will be healing the sick if you shall come and do so. So, Father, come and speak to us now, or we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, you don't know how that makes me feel. Just feel like the Holy Spirit in me just weeping out with joy. You, how many of you raised up your hands? That feels different now. Let's see you raise your hand again. If you feel different. Ever, we're all in the building. Everywhere. Raise your hand. Raise your hand with felt different. My, just look. Isn't that marvelous? Why? Something happened. The Holy Spirit came to your heart. Forgive your sin. Jesus came in. Now that little seed that come in there will start growing, 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 and you'll become a real seasoned out saint of God, an old veteran pretty soon. Now, I want to ask you something now before we start the prayer line. Now, for the first timers, you here, probably never seen one of the meetings before, so that you'll be sure to know it, beyond a shadow of doubt, I do not claim to be a healer. I cannot heal nobody, and I don't believe there's anyone in the world today that can heal anybody. I don't believe there's a doctor that can heal anybody. Frankly, they don't claim to. And really, I have never met a minister in my life that claimed to heal the sick. They don't do that. We only point you to the person that's already healed. See? Now, you people, raise your hand. You wasn't saved just a few minutes ago. You were saved 1,900 years ago, but you accepted it just a few minutes ago. Now, the same thing, you were healed when he died for you, and now you have to accept it. Now, the first and initial way is by preaching the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing of the word. Now, besides that, God has said in the church, gifts. Determine that all must have a chance. You're not willing that any should perish, but all might have eternal life. So now let's see what Jesus did in his day. Now, 
the brethren on the field to you newcomers, most of them, they come out and anoint the sick with oil and pray for them, lay hands on them. That's exactly the way God said to it. Exactly. That's gifts of healing. They have great, overpowering faith. They take the situation over by faith and get rough with the enemy. They do that to build their own faith up, and away it goes. They lay hands on the sick, some of them, some of them anoint the sick and pray for them. That's exactly what the scripture said to Now, now that's their ministry, the way they do it. Now, to me, gifts and callings of this type is not by laying on of hands. You're born with these gifts. You come in the world with them. Now, just as natural for me to see a vision as it is for you to take a drink of water when you're thirsty. Nothing I have to do with it. Your own faith does it. See, uh, it'll come to the platform, this same angel. If it does, it's never failed yet. I trust that it will. Then it's your faith that operates. See, when the angel of God, the Holy Ghost, God himself, was with Jesus Christ, the woman touched his garment. He didn't see no vision about that. And yet he said, I'll do nothing except the Father shows me. But the woman touched his garment. That said, he got weak. He said, who touched me? I got weak. Virtue went out. And he looked around, and he found her, and he said, Thy faith has saved thee. Now the woman herself operated the gift of God through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Is that right? But now God, when he showed him a gift, why well, it was different, or showed him a, a vision, Jesus said when he passed by the crippled and afflicted people, he said, Didn't heal any of them but one man on a pallet? St. John 5, they asked him about it. Question him, he said, Well, verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. The Father worketh, I work as the other do, but I do nothing except the Father show me. Now, that doesn't mean you get healed. That means that your own faith accepts it. You could accept it just the same on believing the Word right now. But God in his mercy, not willing that you should go on sick, but has done all kinds of gifts into the church to build your faith. To let you see that he is present. Now when he was here on earth, he had a power about him that he perceived her thoughts. Is that right? The woman comes to him at the well. He said, bring me a drink. You know how the story goes. And she said, not customary for the Jews to talk to Samaritans and so forth. And he went and found her spirit. He told her where trouble was. He said, go get your husband. She said, don't have none. So that's right, she got five. Now watch what she said to the newcomers. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet. She said, I know when Messiah cometh, he'll do these things. He'll show us things like that. But how did you know that was my trouble? Messiah, that'll be the sign of the Messiah. But who are you? He said, I need to speak to you. She ran into the city and left her water pot to come see a man that told me. She was all excited, of course, that everything I ever done. He just told her that one thing, but God could have shown him everything. you believe that? So now, if Jesus has risen from the dead, he is not dead. He has risen from the dead. He said, the things that I do shall you also. More than this shall you do, for I go to my Father. Is that right? A little while and the world sees me no more. That's the unbeliever. Yet ye shall see me, for I, personal pronoun, I will be with you, even in you, till how long? The apostles' age? To the end of the world. 
Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. May the Lord bless you. All right. Now I've got to say, Brother Roberts' ministry, Brother George Jaggers, many of them, it's, a, it's contact, contact, laying hands on, contact. God didn't send me for that. He sent me by divine gift to magnify or to prove to the audience that Jesus Christ is in the midst of people and then they look to Calvary and live. That's the difference. See? It's not laying hands on them. It's looking and believing. My ministry is a ministry of faith, believing. Theirs is laying on hands, casting out evil spirits. That's good. That's the scripture. Well, that's one type of ministry. They get to three or four hundred a night. I might get to three or four a night. That's the difference. But if one, if it can be absolutely proved that Jesus raised from the dead and is here in the midst of the night, every one of you are to accept it. When the scripture says that it's for whosoever will, let him come. Is that right? Now, the boy said to give out some prayer cards, cues. We can't stand all of you up. We know that. So let's just stand up a few of them over here up to the side to pray for them. Now, the little cards, the little cards got uh, my picture on it. In the back, it's got a number and it's a, a letter called Q. And, um, did you say one to a hundred? Who has Q1? Let's see, you have prayer card number one. You have a lady come over here. Two, who has two? All right, sir, over here. Three, Q3. Would you raise your hands right quick if you can't? Tell somebody sitting next to you. Look at your neighbor's cards. Three, would you raise your hand? Three, four, who has Number four, would you raise your hand? A four, all right, five. Prayer card five, would you raise your hand? It might be somebody that's dead. What say? Oh, way back, all right, five, six. Six, all right, seven. All right, the Indian man there, was it? Seven, eight. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Now we could stand up uh, all the rest of them, but the thing of it is, is you have to stand too long. Now, while they're lying the prayer line, just for a few minutes, I want to ask you this: How many in here does not have a prayer card, and yet you solemnly believe? That Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you believe that He died to heal you from sickness, and you'll raise your hand so I can see. God bless you. God bless you. I'll do this. By the merit of the Lord Jesus, by the witness of His Holy Spirit, if you'll look this away and believe with all your heart while the service is going on, and take all the skeptic out of your mind, and say, I... It's hard for me to believe, but I truly believe that Jesus is risen from the dead, and this is His Spirit moving in here, and accept the Spirit of God here to be the Spirit of God, and watch and see if He don't turn around and, and tell you that you're healed, or whatever it is that, that you have need of. Now I'm going to ask you not to move around while we're praying for these people. Here's some handkerchiefs. Will you bow your head with me? Our Heavenly Father, as these handkerchiefs goes out here, parts of the world, for the needy, let thy mercy be upon them, Father. 
grant that each one that these handkerchief aprons and little stockings and everything that's in here, scarves, ties, they're going to be placed on those who are needy. Father, I just charm with their prayer also and sing, Lord Jesus, be merciful and grant their request. For we ask it in his name. Amen. Two missing. Number two missing. Prayer card number two, Q, number two. Look around. Somebody look at these people here. Maybe if you can't get up or if you're deaf or something, look at your neighbor. Maybe somebody's deaf and can't even raise up. Maybe can't even speak English or something. Prayer card Q, number two. Would you? Well, I, I call if they don't come like. Okay, that didn't define it. Oh, all right. That's all right. All right. Now, will everyone do me a favor, please? I know it's hard, young folks. I was young many years ago myself, so it's kind of hard. I know it's set still, but try tonight for the Lord Jesus and for Brother Branham's sake, for these who's in the prayer line and that. See, each one of these is a spirit. And then it'll be, see, you're just going to get in contact with that spirit. Maybe your mother's sitting up here. Maybe your mother's sitting up in here, up in here, or your daddy. And they want to be healed. Maybe it's your friend. And maybe the Holy Spirit moving in, and you rustling, bustling around, throws it off from them like that. I can't explain it. You just, I just ask you to believe it, see. It's just a contact with every spirit. And you're watching every minute what the Lord Jesus will do. All right. Now, Almighty God, come now, won't you, Father, these next few minutes. I'm tired tonight, worn out. But the word, you've given forth, Lord, the best that I knew how for the little sermonette teaching people to separate themselves from unbelief. And now, Father, will you come now as you're sending all those lovely people to thy throne and they accepted thee as personal Savior. Will you just come now that their faith might be confirmed with great signs and wonders of the resurrected Lord Jesus. Lord, we tell the people that you're not dead, that you're alive and you're here. And now, would you just come tonight and take over this poor, unworthy, tired body? But God is all i got to offer you. And I believe you. And make every person in here, their bodies become subjects to the Holy Spirit, that their faith might speak, and the Holy Ghost might come through thy servant and do something that would call them all to the knees. Granted, our Heavenly Father, for we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, for the glory of God, I take every spirit in here under my control. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Just be 
reverent as you can be. Just as the Holy Ghost moves in, friend, this very angel is on this picture right here now, and there's an epileptic in here somewhere up, screaming out, see? Uh, that's the kind of, uh, all, I, I want you to keep your children near you, if you will, because it'll go from one to another. I don't know where it's at, but it's in here. So I have faith now, believe, and set still, no matter what happens, set still, just do what it says do. Now, I won't be able to talk to you if it's already taken me the anointing on me now, so I, I will see you tomorrow night, and, um, be God's little children, be reverent. Go to the prayer room as soon as the service is over and the man takes me out. So may God be with you now and bless you. Now this is the lady that's here to be prayed for. All right. Do you uh, do you believe with all your heart, lady? I do. Now you being my first person to pray for tonight, well, it's, uh, I just want to talk to you a minute. Yes? Uh, talk to you a little And then in order to do that, it's to get in contact with your human spirit. Now, I know immediately, you standing there at this post, you are a Christian, a believer, because your spirit's welcome. But now, if the Lord Jesus, if he was standing here for this suit on, now as far as, if you're wanting healing, I don't know, you know that, I don't have a bit more idea what you're here for than nothing in the world. But if you're wanting healing, he couldn't heal you now because he's already did that. But now, he might do something or say something to you that would make your own faith accept it, wouldn't it? That's right. So now this is again tonight like the woman at the well and our master, a man and a woman. We were probably born miles apart, years apart, never seen one another in life, and here we just come here and meet one another tonight. That's just... Somebody give you a prayer card, you just have to be one to come up here on the platform. Oh, you saw me a, a year ago. Well, I, I, I don't know nothing about you, do I? No, nothing about you. All right. Now, the audience of this woman here, she said she saw me a year ago. Now, where? I don't know. Probably was at the other meeting or something when it was here. It's probably she was sitting out there and saw me a, a year ago or something when I was here. And um, was that when it was? I was here a year ago? That, that's what it was. But now, if, the whole, if Jesus has risen from the dead, now he knows this woman. I don't. He knows what she's here for. I don't. But if he will reveal to this woman what she's here for, and it be the truth, if he can tell what was in her life, well, if he knows what was in her life, and she knows whether that's the truth or not, then he can certainly tell what will be in her life, and it'll be truth too, one. If he knows what was, you're, you're a witness of that. But if, if he does, we'll be thankful. And how many here will say, that settles it for me? I'll believe with all my heart. God bless you. Now, sister, just to talk with you, just a moment. As I said, us being strangers. I see you got my book there. Uh, I hope you get some enjoyment out of reading it. You did. Sent to get. Well, well, that's fine. Now, I'm just talking to you like our Lord said to the woman at the well. See, um, uh, Bring me a drink. You're just trying to get a conversation. See, you, you've got a human spirit. So have I. We're both Christians. Now, if there's something wrong or something you're needing or something you're wanting, 
Your spirit knows that, so does the Holy Spirit know it. And then if God has given me a gift, then two spirits will work together, you see. And then he'll speak through me what you want and tell you whether you get it or not or whatever it is. And then, that, of course, it'll be your faith that'll do it. I couldn't do it. It'll, your faith will have to accept it. Now, if he'll do that, then you'll know, and me knowing nothing about you, you'll have to know it comes from some power or one. That's right. So you'll accept it to be the power of the Lord Jesus. Now, the lady is perfectly conscious that something is taking place, that she is in the presence of somebody besides a man. Between the lady and I comes this light. And I, she's um, got something wrong with the, her throat. It's uh, a trouble in her throat. And in your nose is your trouble, and you're wanting to be prayed for. That's true. If that is truth, raise your hand. Now, being a stranger to the woman, there it is. Whatever he said is the truth. Now, the more you talk to her, of course, the more it would say. Now, that's just instead of whatever it said to her. Now, I won't talk to her again just to see if the Holy Spirit would say something else. I do not know. But just something, if I'm not mistaken, it told you your disease or what it was. But now just sit, move again. If I can. Now, you just believe me as being God's servant. I'm just trying to, yeah, I know you do because you have a wonderful spirit. Yes? Uh, you are, that was my meeting, you was in my meeting and was healed. And it was of your throat that you were healed of and your nose, and now it's got into your lungs. And that was caused from some sort of a burn, an acid burn. And you have uh, been on a trip, and you were in a country where there was lots of, uh, 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 there was something going on in it, it sprayed. An airplane was passing over, spraying stuff. That was in Texas, near Houston. And you've got it in your lungs, and, it, uh, and it's come back on you. That is true. God bless you. Your, your name is something like Rush or something like Rush, that's right. Archie, something a rush, and you live at 110 North 11th Avenue. That is truth. You're going home well, sister. Your faith has made you home. Have faith. Only believe all things. sitting there, your hands up in the air, praying. You believing? You want to get over that head trouble, don't you? You believe that God will make you well? You do? 
All right. Put your hand over on the other lady there with her hand up. She's got high blood pressure. They tell them high blood pressure. The Lord Jesus makes you whole now. Go, your faith has done. God bless you. You're the patient, are you, lady? You believe that the truth that Jesus raised from the dead, you're conscious that something's taking place, that's the angel of the Lord. You're suffering with a, a growth. It's an evil thing that the, it's building, getting bigger. It's developing of cells. I see them pressing. The, it, it's in the stomach. The growth is in the stomach. You believe that he who now sees all things and knows all things will take it from him? Come forward for your blessing. Lord Jesus, I bless this woman and take the curse from her. Before the Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, just believe, have faith, don't doubt, believe with all your heart. Now, look, lady, you believe with all your heart, and you believe that God sent me as his servant. Such a wonderful faith in the audience now. My, my. Oh, what could have happened? A lady looked at me just a moment. You have cancer. That cancer is on the leg. Left leg down below the knee. It's right. You believe Jesus is going to heal you? Has healed you now? God bless you. He who speaks these words, I'll lay hands on you. Have faith. Believe with all your heart. God will make you well. Seems like I've seen you somewhere, lady. Don't know. But however, you're here for something. not too much wrong with you. You have a, a growth on your wrist. You got it hit, but it don't have to be. Then you're interested in someone else, which is your mother. She has high blood pressure, doesn't she? Your husband has, he's sick too. He has arthritis and stomach trouble, isn't that right? You believe you're going to receive what you ask for? And you shall have it, sister, if you go believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless thee in Only believe, have faith in God. Jesus said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Right there. 
brother. Your faith has touched him now. Man sitting next to you praying there with that hurting, he wants to get healed too. Is that right, sir? This little lady sitting down here has a hernia too, sitting right behind here. Yes, little Mexican woman. Yeah. You want to be healed, all of you? Stand up on your feet down there. Then. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I condemn that enemy that they be made well. Amen. Don't doubt. Just have faith. Are you the patient lady? All right. You believe with all your heart? Dear lady, look, you're conscious that something's going on. It's kind of got you just a bit upset because you're just in his presence. But you're suffering with a nervous condition, sinus trouble. Then you have something that you're not wanting me to say just now. The domestic trouble. That's right. You live here in Phoenix, don't you? Your house number is 3046 Garfield. That's right. You're going to find things different now. God bless you. How do you do, lady? You believe with all your heart? Seems a little strange to you where you're standing now. I'm not reading your mind. You're just in his presence. You're in a dying stage. Your trouble's in your throat. You got cancer in your throat. And the reason it's making you feel a little strange where you're standing is being by Protestant or you're Catholic to begin with. That's right. You believe on the Lord Jesus now that he'll spare your life and he'll serve him the rest of your days. Come far. Almighty God who raised up Jesus from the dead, spare the life of this thy child. I condemn the cancer, and in the name of Jesus Christ, may it leave us. Amen. Do you believe? Do you understand English? If the Lord will tell me just what's wrong with you, accept your healing. The diabetes that's in your body from you believe in Jesus Christ, take the diabetes out of you? Come here. Father God, I pray that you will heal you. Let him go to Calvary now for a blood transfusion to be made whole through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you.
God grants you your request, my dear brother. Come, lady. You want to get rid of that arthritis? Walk up there to the platform and say, Jesus, and just off your feet down. Believe with all your heart. Yes. Come. You believe him? You got asthma to start with. Soles into your stomach, the symptoms of it gives you stomach trouble. That's right. You want to get over it? Accept Jesus as your healer. God, I condemn this demon that's tormenting him in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Have faith. You want to get over that female trouble, lady? All right, raise your hands. It'll stop draining this night. You believe in Jesus Christ. All right, come, lady. Mother sitting there with colitis, sitting on cold and trouble, sitting on the end there praying. You believe Jesus is going to make you well? Get you rid of it? All right, then you can have yes. You believe that Jesus healed you? If you do, you can have it. Amen. Just sitting right down below you hear also the same thing, cold and trouble. Believe with all your heart. You shall have it all soon. God bless you. You can have it also. Your faith healed you. Amen. You want to go eat a hamburger? Leave Jesus Christ, take that stomach trouble away from you. Look, lady, you're having spells like nervousness. It's just the time of life you're living. All upset, everything's wrong. Nothing really wrong. You got a Pepsi ulcer, of course, your stomach's desiring things. Go on, eat your supper. Jesus Christ, thank you. All right, come. You believe God heals you the asthma? All right, then you can just go right on and rejoice. Say and praise be to God. All right, come. What's the trouble? God, eyes, heart trouble, anything you just heals it anyhow. Don't you believe it? Then go and be healed in Jesus Christ's name. All right, come, lady. Oh, my. Just move, sister. Do you believe with all your heart? Jesus Christ gives you stomach trouble and everything. Go on, eat your supper. God bless you. You believe? Strange that I said stomach trouble, wasn't it? You had the same thing. Besides that, you got sinus trouble. Then you want me to pray for your daughter who's possessed with evil spirits. Isn't that right? God bless you. Go and get what you have. You believe? All your 